Welcome to the Sound of Truth Bible Chat with your host, Brett Morani, where he leads discussion in God's Word. Let's join him now. In a most unusual Bible chat today, I have three of my good, good buddies from seminary days. We go back 30 years. We all worked together at a bus yard, bus barn. We drove school buses. We met at a bus, we called it the bus yard, I guess, back in those days. We'd meet in the morning, go on our bus routes, come back while we were seminary students, and then that afternoon drive buses as well. We've since gone our separate ways, but we've stayed in touch through the years. By God's grace, we have been able to do that, and we're so thankful for that. So I'm going to introduce these guys. In fact, I'm going to let them introduce themselves. All three of them have already been on Sound of Truth before, and then we're going to talk about a, a few verses from the book of Second Thessalonians. So I guess uh, let's start with, let's, I guess, go by alphabetical order. So Stephen, that puts you up for first, and, and then Chris, and then you, Sean. So. Yeah, so uh, I'm Stephen Adams. I am the... Uh interim pastor at this time at High Point Baptist Church that's in Covington, Georgia. All right. My name's Chris Keithley. I'm the pastor of Lakeway Bible Church in Morristown, Tennessee. All right. I'm Sean Wasson. I'm the pastor of Bethany Baptist Church in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. And I'm Brett Morani, your host. I'm the founding pastor at Harvest Jacksonville in Jacksonville, Florida. Well, guys, we are Purple jackets, that's what we used to be called. You remember those days? Yes. I still have my jacket. Do you really? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Are you serious? Yeah, I didn't throw it away. I wouldn't let my wife get rid of it. That is great. Do you ever wear it? Oh, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> Does it, am I right in memory it had a, a school bus on it? Yes. Yellow. Oh, that's great. You got to take a picture and send it to us, buddy. Yeah, I'll do that. All right, guys. Let's talk about Second Thessalonians. Let's let's put those bus school bus days behind us, and let's let's get in the Bible. Get on the Bible bus. Is uh, I think it's Jay Vernon McGee's ministry always talks about get on the Bible bus. So Second Thessalonians, starting in verse uh, six. Well, let's let's go back a little bit for context. Chapter one. I'm going to read it to you from New King James, and it goes like this, starting in verse three. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly. And the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you, and to give you who are troubled rest with us. When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, these shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of of his power when he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you was believed. Wow, a lot in that brief little passage, but I'd like to zero in on this idea of everlasting destruction, a very unpopular doctrine in many of our churches today. We have, of course, here a separation of all of humanity, two types of people, those who are going to be with Jesus in glory for all of eternity, his saints, and those who are not. 
and what is it that awaits them according to this passage? That's the question. I tend to see this as is uh, giving us the overall picture uh, that he wants the listeners to understand who who are being persecuted themselves that he refers to and the those that have been persecuting them and the tribulation. And he's he's given the overall picture of saying, you, you know, there's coming a day. There's coming a day of, of retribution and, and uh, where those that are persecuting you, you know, apart from them turning to Christ, are going to uh, experience, you know, a greater torment and uh, God will, will deal with them. So th- that was my first thought. So you're seeing this, this. So you're seeing this kind of like, Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Uh, I, I think that's part of it, but it's also reminding those that are suffering that your day, your glorious day is coming, mm. like he refers to it in. I do see that as a, as a part of it, yeah. Is this how you see the passage, Chris, or are you seeing something different? Well, I, I, for me, it's when, when, he, when he talks about uh, these shall be punished with everlasting destruction, here's what's interesting. There's a lot of times when we talk about hell or we discuss hell or or those type of things, everyone focuses on the flame, the worm that never dies, the physical torment. But this passage, what it talks about is the everlasting destruction, get this, from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. Mm. And so to me, uh, you know, sometimes when we focus on the, obviously the, the pain and the physical torment, this passage to me seems to focus on what is what is the horrific thing is that in this passage isn't the plane, but it's we're withdrawn from the presence of God with no hope that we will ever be able to come into the presence of God, experience grace, experience glory, his glory, experience hope, experience peace, and to a level what what breaks my heart is some people that I've met, they're in a hellish experience now because they mm. they have no hope. They have no aspect of the glory of God or the presence of God or the peace of God or the forgiveness of God. And what they're experiencing now in the hopelessness, all hope is removed. All chance of grace is moved. All chance of mercy is moved. So, I, you know, as, as I look at the passage, that, that's me when it, it talks about the lack of presence of God that we take so for granted sometimes is gone. It, it really motivates me to make sure people experience the presence of God now and know of the hope they have now so they don't have the condition they have now to a much you know, exponential degree for eternity without hope. Mm-hmm. Sean, what would you add? Well, I would say that, you know, I think sometimes our modern people are not comfortable with the teaching of hell and, and some of our, even some of our mainstream uh, celebrity type preachers diminish hell or even reject the, the doctrine of hell. And I think one of the problems is they're not suffering for their faith and facing persecution. They've got kind of the easy life. And I think when you look at the audience here, they were really, you know, being treated brutally. And God is assuring them that he is a just God, and he will serve vengeance on their enemies and glorify them. So, you know, part of the glorification, the blessing of salvation is also the 
righteous judgment of God against wickedness, that wickedness doesn't go unpunished or unnoticed or, or no one really gets away with anything. There's, there's consequences in a payday Sunday, Sunday. And I think that for us to take pleasure in the idea of someone going to hell is not the point of the passage at all. I think the point of the passage is that we can trust God to vindicate us and, and to glorify us and to punish the wicked. But but our passion should be to see our enemies become saved people and to repent before it's eternally too late. And I think it's important, too, that he doesn't just say they'll suffer the punishment of destruction. It's eternal destruction. I think people like the idea of annihilism because hell is hard for us to process. But There'd be no point in talking about it being an eternal situation if it was a once for all boom and they're all gone. I think that that really indicates that, that hell is forever and uh, we don't want anyone to go there, not even our enemies. So we, we really are compelled to be more evangelistic. Mm. Excellent thoughts, guys. The one thing I would add at this point is just for our listeners, this is a sober subject without a doubt. Mm-hmm. And if anyone is listening to this and has yet to recognize their own personal sinful condition, which, by the way, is the status of all of us before we come to Christ. The gospel message is we are all sinners, yet Christ died for us, according to the scriptures, and we can be saved from that. We don't have, we're all destined for hell initially if there's a lack of repentance and faith toward Christ, but you can be saved from an eternal destruction and eternal torment like described in this passage, which Jesus, by the way, spoke of hell, wasn't afraid to talk about it, wasn't afraid to warn people about it. And so in love, we want to warn you, if you have yet to trust Christ to save you, please, before it's too late, trust him to save you. Gentlemen, thank you for coming on the podcast and joining us for this Bible chat from Second Thessalonians. Really appreciate you being on. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville and is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2023.